This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, January 22nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Gottlieb. Here's today's headlines. McConnell to tie disaster aid to Trump plan. Farmers seek MFP help. Sustainability not going away. And more Lancet reaction. Disaster aid will be tied to the Trump border plan. It is day 32 now of the partial government shutdown. And today is the last of three days that the Farm Service Agency offices will be open around the country. There's still no end in sight to the shutdown, though Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell will force a vote this week on President Donald Trump's proposal to trade legal status for DREAMers for $5.7 billion in border wall funding. The President's proposal will be combined with a package of disaster aid and a series of fiscal 19 funding bills for USDA and other departments and agencies that are currently shut down. The legislation would authorize $3 billion in disaster aid for farmers, the same amount as a bill the House passed last week. Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer has flatly rejected the President's latest plan. Farmers seeking help with MFP. We checked with a few FSA offices that were open at the end of last week in Texas, Iowa, and Missouri, and it appears that a number of farmers have been trying without success to process applications for the market facilitation program, the temporary trade assistance program created by Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue. In La Mesa, Texas, farmers have been bringing in MFP paperwork only to be told that the FSA employees can't do anything with it. In Clark County, Iowa, phones were ringing off the hook and farmers were going into the office or calling in asking if they can sign up for MFP, according to an employee. Sustainability not going away as an issue, according to dairy leaders. Dairy industry leaders are being warned that their annual meeting in Orlando that sustainability isn't going away as an issue, and animal proteins in general are in the crosshairs. Consumers care about this, said Michael Dykes, president and CEO of the International Dairy Foods Association. Dykes also told IDFA members yesterday there is a renewed interest in climate change that food manufacturers and retailers are committed to addressing. Dykes cited the recent Lancet Commission report as an example of the attacks being faced by the meat and dairy sector. The study, released last week, calls for major reductions in animal protein consumption, especially of red meat to reduce cardiovascular disease and greenhouse gas emissions. Dykes also sought to drive home the message that the industry must respond to what consumers want. He said, we can't sell something that they don't want. Low-carb advocate, critical to influence 2020 guidelines. Nina Teicholz, a journalist and advocate for low-carb diets, is rallying the dairy industry to help shape the Federal Advisory Committee that will make recommendations for the 2020 dietary guidelines. USDA is currently taking recommendations for committee appointees. We need to get these letters to Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue, and it has to happen in the next few weeks, Teichel said in a speech to the IDFA. She added that the political climate under President Trump is much more favorable than it's likely to be when the 2025 guidelines are written. Teichel's author of The Big Fat Surprise, also slammed the Lancet Commission study and told the dairy industry executives that their future growth is with consumers who are following low-carb diets because high-fat dairy products tend to be lower in sugar. But some ag groups like the Lancet focus. Some agriculture groups are actually pleased with the blueprint laid out by the Lancet Commission. 
Tim McGreevy, CEO of the USA Dry Pea and Lentil Council, said the study challenges all of agriculture and producers to take a look at how we're going to feed people healthy diets in a sustainable way. The question, he said, is how do we feed 10 billion people and not deplete the natural resources on the planet? The crops his members produce are an excellent source of dietary fiber and essential nutrients, he said, adding that his group's goal is to work with everyone. Rebecca Bratter, CEO of the U.S. Dry Bean Council, said many studies show that adding beans to your diet can reduce your risk and help to manage chronic illness, she said. Beans also, quote, use less water than other crops, add nitrogen back to the soil, and have a low-carbon footprint. Gabrielle Ludwig, the Director of Sustainability and Environmental Affairs for the Almond Board of California, said her group is reviewing the report. She added, We are proud to be a part of an industry that grows a healthy crop, supplying 80% of the world's almonds. By the way, in the next two weeks, that Lancet Commission has events planned in Jakarta, Melbourne, New York, and Rome to promote the study's findings. Welfare reform advocate to run think tank. One of the nation's most prominent advocates of tightening food stamp work requirements, Robert Doerr, has been named the next president of the American Enterprise Institute. Doerr, a former commissioner of the New York City Human Resources Administration, argued in a recent Wall Street Journal op-ed that states are widely ignoring and abusing the work rules and means-testing requirements that are currently in the SNAP program and Medicaid. What it means? Under Doerr's leadership... AEI isn't likely to lose its interest in the Farm Bill and its nutrition title. AEI has been a leading critic of commodity programs and of crop insurance. EU lays out U.S. trade goals and excludes agriculture. The European Union has taken the next step in the process of negotiating a free trade pact with the U.S. by publishing its directives for the talks and specifically stressing that the trading bloc is still adamantly opposed to including agriculture issues. The primary topic the Europeans say they are ready to negotiate is the removal of tariffs on industrial goods, but stressed in the same sentence that those talks should be excluding agriculture products. That is directly at odds with the negotiating goals released recently by the U.S. Trade Representative that included two entire sections on European barriers to U.S. farm commodities. Well, chew on this. Pork patties recall for rubber contamination. The Wisconsin-based Johnsonville LLC is recalling 48,371 pounds of raw pork products like the company's cheddar, cheese, and bacon-flavored grillers because they may be contaminated with black rubber. No one has been sickened or injured from the rubber bits that got into the pork, according to the USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service. Here's today's He Said It. There's the rich part of the agency, and then there's the poor part of the agency. And unfortunately, the food side of the agency is the stepchild. That's Stephen Ostroff, former deputy commissioner of the FDA, to the IDFA on how the agency's drug and medical device responsibilities are better funded and able to stay open during the shutdown because they are funded through user fees. Food regulation is funded through annual congressional appropriations. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, January 22nd. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.